Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. Let's start talking to people, see what we can find out. The coastlines are relatively free from sea creatures. You just admitted that sea monsters are real. (laughs) The older guy who's scared of me. I'll go up and put my arm around him. He backs away. Why don't you like me? I'm so curious. I saw you have scrolls around your belt. What are those for? Maps and charts. Let's find the rowdiest tavern we can. The blustery bilge pump. Pour me like literally all the ale I can get for this gold piece. Let's say we have a friendly competition. Whoever drinks more without going under the table wins. The loser has to do the other one's job. Are you sure you want to keep going? This is a win-win for me. Ha-ha! <laughs> Rolled a one. You collapse to the table. Mission accomplished. Morning comes all too soon. Byron says, you three wouldn't have happened to spend last night with any of our other crewmates, did you? Alshaz and Anton aren't back yet. So Alshaz and Anton are nowhere to be found and it's time to unload. Do the crew normally spend the night ashore? Like, do they usually, like, pay for a tavern, or do they tend to come back on the ship and sleep, or does it vary by person? Most of the crew tends to spend the night ashore. Well, I suppose we just go about our duties and wait and take care of it and see if they end up showing up. Or better yet, do you want us to run and see if we can fetch them? We'll check all the local taverns nearby and taverns and inns and see if uh, one of them just happened to sleep in? No, no, if they don't show up, that's their own fault. We'll leave without them and they won't get paid. Yeah, this is a big town. I'm sure it would take us forever to find them and it's probably more important to keep the ship on schedule. Yeah, we just hope that they'll get back. They'll be here within the hour, I'm sure. I whispered to Shaba, I was just trying to get out of the crate loading duty. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Thanks anyway. Yeah, that totally went over my head. Well, don't we want to be here for when the unloading happens, though? This is, oh, I'm whispering this to to Aslo. Yeah. Don't we want to be there? Like, check out what's going on with the cargo? I mean, of course, disappearing. Yeah, I mean, disappearing people, we did hear about as well. Sorry, my my laziness got the best of me. (laughs) Yeah, kind of like, do our jobs, you know? Like what we got hired for? No, no, it's okay. Yeah, let's see if the cargo is still the same. Like, maybe not only the crew members have disappeared. All right, so we we obey instructions and we go wherever they, you know, direct us to, to to help start the process. Okay, so you unload 14 crates and five barrels, and you load in four more crates, three more barrels, and several pallets loaded with big sacks. Uh, how many of those? Each one probably has 30 or 40. So minus six crates, minus two barrels overall? Uh, we unloaded 14 crates and loaded oh, 14 and loaded crates. four crates. So we're minus 10 crates, minus two barrels, and plus two pallets. Okay. That's noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Intent. Yes, indeed. Okay. And as far as like the amount that's in the cargo hold, everything's the same as when we checked it before we got off the ship last night. It looks pretty steady. They spread the sacks around so that... Like weight distribution? Lower it down and then spread it around more evenly so it fills up most of the cargo hold. Okay, so they actually unload the pallets once they get below. Yeah, partly. Okay. Just like the top layers go elsewhere. But they're not like covering the other. We still have full vision of the rest of the cargo. It's not like they just threw the sacks on top of things, right? They kind of squeezed them wherever they would fit. Because they were stacked too high to go (laughs) underneath to begin with. (laughs) 
Okay. After we're, if we're taking a break while Tokus isn't looking, I unpeel the potato skin from my chest and eat it as a snack. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of slow, but I'm, I'm not slow enough to, to think that that's going to last forever. He got hungry. It's fine. <laughs> I think now it will always be a part of him. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. become a part yeah. of him. Well, I, did, I don't know this has transpired, but that would probably be my answer. Right. Would be like, well... <laughs> it's edible. About 20 minutes into the unloading process, Alshaz does show up, and he immediately... Well, he gets yelled at a little bit by the first mate and by the bosun, and after a minute or two, he jumps in and helps with the unloading and loading. Anton, the quartermaster, who you'd think would be here for most of this, doesn't show up until the loading has already started, after you know, an hour or so has passed. Wow. He comes back with rather obvious hangover, holding his head, walking unsteadily. How about Alshaz? Was he the same way? Did he was he, did he kind of like out of sorts and disheveled? No, he came back in a hurry, but he doesn't seem like there's anything physically wrong with him. Huh. So maybe he didn't do drinking. Maybe he went to the brothel. <laughs> yeah, sure. maybe he found Could other be. pursuits. With the cargo loaded and all crew members aboard, you once again set off for the Isle of Triviset. Okay. This time you're actually helping with the sails, a little bit that you can. You know it's going to take a few days to get there, and if you have some particular goals that you want to do, otherwise you're probably just going to be maintaining your jobs of swabbing the decks and keeping all the food going. We watch the other crew members like hawks, and or something less cliche. We watch the other crew members like people with really big eyes. And yeah, that's not what I'm doing at all, <laughs> And doing our jobs. What are you doing, Tokus? So I am going to take the scrap metal that I've been eagerly waiting to turn into something awesome. Mm. And I'm going to turn it into something awesome. So can you tell me more about... Do we know anything about Triviset? Like, what kind of creature do I need? <laughs> do I need something like like a, like a mechanical parrot? Like, what, what kind of animal do I need? Or beast? Or automaton? You don't know much about Triviset personally. I don't... Well, none of you have been there before. But it is an island frequently used as a stopover point between the two continents of Ilthrod and Marengar. It's not that far from Ilthrod, but it's got some of its own natural resources that they tend to trade with both continents, which is why it's a frequent stopover point. Well, okay, so looking at the rules text for a clockwork toy, I can create an animal, monster, or person. So which one is the most useful, and then what should I make? What do you guys think? I was thinking the mechanical parrot would be kind of fun. <laughs> that would be fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, do that. Okay. So I get to work making like a mechanical parrot on my shoulder, but instead of like normal wings and stuff, like the wings come out and like have all sorts of like, like hidden blades and stuff or something cool like that. I don't, I'm not quite <laughs> sure what else it has, but right. it has some sort of other use that is hidden that I have not yet revealed. <laughs> Okay. Like a secret can opener or something useful. You'll reveal it when it becomes necessary. I'm going to think on it. (laughs) Maybe I'll write it down in my notes so I'm not cheating per se. But yeah, some sort of like hidden, like it's like secretly an explosive or something. I don't know. (laughs) I'll think of something clever. I'm not allowed to do that, am I? Probably not. Can't be anything too big. According to the official rules, it makes a noise and walks in a random direction. It just moves and makes noises. Yeah, so it'll make parrot noises and walk around. Yeah, so it'll squawk and just, like, walk across your shoulder. <laughs> Squawking and walking. Okay, well, I make a, a mechanical parrot. End of story. Cool. Nice. But it, it sits on my shoulder, so I feel more part of the crew. 
I would like to take some time to examine the, the candle and keep testing out different things with it to see what other magical properties it has. Uh, I also um, find a crew member with a bandana and cut a small triangle off the bandana for Tokus's parrot, like a very small triangle <laughs> to create its own like tiny <laughs> headband. And then I'm going to make a bandana for, for Stripey like we talked about earlier. That's how I'll spend my downtime. So they, so they fit in, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to find anyone who's willing to give you their bandana. No, they pieces. won't give it to me. I'll just make a sleight of hand check. It, it'll be like, I mean, it'll be like <laughs> Steal this. their bandana? It'll be like this much of a bandana, like a few inches will fit around. I mean, your parrot's head isn't going to be very big, right? Just to no, go around no, it's the not life-sized. It's, yeah. like it's a mini mechanical parrot. Yeah, in fact, I'll find like a, like a discarded bandana or something that someone left in their bunk, in their hammock, or something like extra. Any little piece, scrap of cloth that I can find and make into a triangle so we can like make him more festive and piratey. <laughs> Let's see. Colby Clive wears a bandana. He's got a green one, doesn't he? Yeah. That's pretty cool. You actually remember the color? Yeah. And green's a good color. He's got white something, like a white vest and a green bandana. So I understand that we find the candlestick fascinating. What if it really is just a candlestick? Well, we know that it's ever burning. It's got the runes, though. Yeah, it's got like runes on it that we don't know what those do. I just find it interesting that that's what you're so interested in discovering, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I figure we don't have a whole lot else going on right now. So, Have you already tried making an Arcana check? You've already tried that, right? Yeah, but I don't think I rolled very high. Well, why don't you have me do it? We could do that. Like, why don't you come bother me while I'm working on the mechanical chicken and or parrot? <laughs> and we'll, we'll have a little bit of banter. Like, you'd be like, hey, Tokus, would you examine this? I'm like, I'm busy! I'm bu- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Begin scene. Yeah, let's do that. I'll stop by wherever you're working and hold up the candle and say, hey, want to give this an arcana check? So I've got like all my tools out. I'm like screwing in the head part of the parrot. And it's like, wait, what? What do you want me to do? (laughs) Can you examine this candle that we got and see if it has any magical properties that we don't know about yet? Well, hold on here. Hold on here. First of all, I need to grab my dice. Um, (laughs) What have I done? You came to D&D without dice. That's what you've done. Are you kidding me? I had them right here. That's like the cardinal sin of D&D is coming without <laughs> dice. Par- major party foul. Two seconds and Brian, just just so you know, Tokus's answer to that would be like, I'm busy. I'm still working on this thing. So you need to come up with, you need to be a little more convincing. <laughs> All right. Um, Shaba, why don't you do whatever you're going to do? I'm just making bandanas for small animals and mechanical creatures that's it yeah i'm back okay so give me your arcana check no why would i'm i'm working on my parrot like why would i stop what i'm doing to make an arcana check tokus one of the things that i think you bring to this operation is your um your smarts your big brain so i want i'm asking you to put that to use you are the smartest out of all of us that much is obvious all right, well, you stroke my ego enough. I guess I can <laughs> put the parrot down for a moment, and I guess I can look at your silly candlestick that obviously all all it does is it just never turns off. And that's great. That's magical. That's that's cool, Aslo. That's really great that you find this candlestick fascinating. But No persuasion check required. Just a little, uh, <sighs> that's right. you're smart. 
all right, all right. I'll, so I put down my tools and I look at the candle and uh, make a check. Ho ho. Uh, 18 plus 3, 21. Nice. Okay. So, uh, given a while to examine it, you note that when you pull the candle out, you can see another rune stamped into the bottom of the candle itself. Mm. That one you recognize as a symbol of eternity or infinite. It's one of the infinity stones. The infinity waxes. Oh Aslo, you didn't think to take the candle out of the stick. Listen, I've been trying a lot of things on this candle, all right? <laughs> He's already told you you're the smart one. Do you have to rub it in? Yeah, come on. There's a reason I had you do this. <laughs> Disclaimer, Tokus would rub it in. I mean, me, like Sean Abrams, I wouldn't rub it in, but Tokus would rub it in. Aslo, you didn't think to take the candle out of the stick? Why do you think I hired you in the first place, Tokus? This is, this is brilliant. Look what, look what you've discovered. I mean, I tried, I tried sticking it in my eye. I tried picking my nose with it. I tried everything I could think of. But see, this is why you're here. I knew you were a great hire. Okay. So I do like that deep sigh, and I hand him the candle and the stick, and I go back to working on my parrot. <laughs> a long-suffering sigh. I'm just like, <sighs> okay. here you go. Here's your, here's your candlestick. Many thanks. Uh, carry on with your work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So the runes we've discovered are A, fiery runes, and B, long-lasting runes. So Not fiery. It was power or strength. Or... First one was force, strength, or intensity. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I think we could call it the intensity infinity candle? Yep. We could, Maybe. We could call it that. Ooh, that's catchy. Or we could continue to call it, uh, what did I write down? <laughs> uh, Wilm's Ever-Burning Candle. Yeah, Wilm, yeah, Wilm's Ever-Burning. Uh, actually, that is that is a good point, though, because the last room was for intensity. Um, one of the other things we know about it is that the, the light from it is brighter than a, a standard candle. Right, much brighter, yeah. Uh, have you tried just dunking it in water? It goes out, right, when you dunk it in yeah, water? We tried yeah, that. yeah, he tested that, along with the nose picking, apparently, I didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So in my other tests with it, is there any way for me to discover if there is like a command word that like ignites it on or off automatically? Like from a distance? Yeah, just holding it, whatever, just so you don't have to manually light it. <laughs> Maybe it works like the clapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a toggle switch. Because what I want to do is like attach it to the top of my head somehow and then just be able to say so that it doesn't take up my hands you know i can just say the command word like you know those really old mining helmets yeah where they just put exactly. the candle up that's there? a clever you idea build yourself one of them <laughs> see now that tokus would have found that interesting why didn't you commission me to build you like uh, a candlestick <laughs> it's too, hat it's too late i already left the room okay i would make that <laughs> i'll tell you about it later you just like go into a corner of the same room and just whisper this to yourself in hopes that tokus will like overhear you and be like what what did you say <laughs> some sort of candle helmet we'll call it the candle helmet 2.0 even though it's the first one we've built even though it's the first one well we're obviously going to fail the first attempt (laughs) as far as command words uh, tokus would be able to give you the pronunciation of the runes but when you say those those don't seem to activate anything and those are the only runes we've seen on the whole thing yes okay so as far as we know, we need real fire to make magical fire. Yes. Okay, cool. I think my work here is done. Same. I wait around and do my job. Uh, by the way, does Greth follow through on our wager? Does he make me start sawing things for him? 
Well, there's not really anything to repair. Okay. So. Well, why don't you just break something? Yeah. <laughs> Find something to punch a hole in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go around. Get to work, Shabba. Like kicking you. stuff so that Blazing. it breaks. You have to pretend that you're just clumsy and you, like, fall over and, like, fall into one of the sails and, like, take it out <laughs> with your big body. Yeah, I really would rather do anything except for swabbing the deck. So I, like, snap the broom and have the, the mop in half. And I'm like, hey, Greth, we need to fix this. Wait, how did you do that? <laughs> It looks like you just broke this over your leg. Yeah, I did. But then, <laughs> but then he like rigs up like a brace for it. It's like a huge metal scaffolding that goes around it just to repair it. <laughs> and then I have to use it like that. If you break the mop, he'll make you carve a new one. Yeah, carve a new one. <laughs> I mean, even that sounds better than swabbing, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sounds more up your alley. Yeah, we almost had a whittling competition. <laughs> Whittle me this. Oh, that's a good episode title. Whittle me this. <laughs> Whittle me this. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I'll keep that one in the hopper. You said you were watching the crew. Is there anything in particular that you want to do about that or anyone you want to watch? Uh, I want to always be watching any of the crew that are near me for suspicious activity of any kind. And I suggest Tokus and Asla do the same. Don't we want to specifically watch the two that were really sketchy? Anton and Alshaz. Thank you. That and the cargo area. Those guys. Don't trust them. They were up to something nefarious. <laughs> and they're trying to cover it up by saying they went to the brothel. I'm, I'm saying this to the other two. They never said where they went, really. Oh, I know what they said. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we imposed that on them. Yeah, but I agree. They're worth watching closely. Matter of fact, I don't trust anyone on this crew except for you two until we know what's up. What about Stripey? Mm, Stripey can be a little bit untrust. No, I t- of course I trust Stripey. Okay. Well, Aslo and Tokus have a pretty good chance to watch over Anton Thorne as you're all cooking together for much of the trip. And I guess Shaba has a good chance to watch Alshaz. Mm-hmm. Each of you give me an investigation check, and we'll see what you notice, if anything. Sixteen. Eighteen. Yeah, I got a six. I got a rock. (laughs) The day that you set out, Anton is still rather hungover for most of the afternoon. Doesn't really get his bearings until almost nightfall. You don't notice any unusual activity aside from that. As far as Alshaz goes, he takes an early opportunity to go below decks once he comes back. And if you peek down there, you see that he's kind of rustling with his belongings in some way. That's about it for... Anything notable from them? All right. Okay. We continue to do the same for the following days. I never want to see another potato. (laughs) Well, now you're peeling carrots and helping to chop up turnips and beets and stuff. I love carrots and turnips, so this is fine. I mean, (laughs) nothing nothing blander than turnips and potatoes. I mean, not carrots. (laughs) The next three days all pass at sea. There's a couple of wind storms, so you're getting a little bit nauseous from the extra rocking of the ship. But otherwise, you make it through all right. I never want to see another ship again. (laughs) Shabby, you're looking a little green. (laughs) It's not just that bandana you stole. (laughs) Where did you find that? Like, are you going to give it back to the person? No, I I wouldn't have stolen the whole thing. I just wanted to take a very small triangle of it, like, off the corner for your parrot. I see, I see. (laughs) And someone's like, someone walks by and they're like, hey, I used to have a bandana that color. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean, I I figured he'd look good in green, so (laughs) Shabby made it for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the singing sulky pulls up into the port at Triviset, which you see is kind of a jungle island. 
There's trees covering it with beaches along the outside and small village as opposed to the larger towns and cities that you've seen so far. Is the water clear and tropical? Uh, not really tropical, more muddy, actually. When you say village, is this like underdeveloped like versus the city we just came from? Are they kind of more tribal? No, I'm just saying that it's a smaller area. There's probably... Fewer than a hundred buildings, you would guess. Oh, okay, sorry. You said jungle, so I was like, are they like coming out and like, wig- you know, are they living in wigwams and they're like, they got like a grass skirts. The hula girls come out they got and bones through their noses. They and- lay lays over us when we get off the <laughs> ship. Shrunken heads around their neck. They have spears. Pieces of halfling flesh between their teeth. <laughs> what? <laughs> How can I tell that it's halfling flesh? That's weird. <laughs> well, nobody would be eating a gnome. We're too chewy. <laughs> It's about as developed as any other place that you've been to. Oh, disappointing. It's not as big. So you see a couple of other ships in port as you dock. It's currently early morning, and you're all called up on deck to help unload and load the new cargo. Okay. What do we got? We do a quick count to make sure it's the same that we saw last time. From what you can tell, you don't notice anything that's been removed or out of place. Okay. Okay. Uh, Over the next few hours, you actually unload everything that was in the hold. So 22 crates unloaded in Trivisit. And 99 beers on the wall. Yep, 99 mm-hmm. bottles of beer on the wall, 22 crates unloaded in Trivisit, and then the w- there were two dozen barrels, so that means 19 barrels. Shabby, you forgot about the five golden rings. <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, and if then, you take one down and pass it around, that leaves 98 bottles of beer on the wall. Right. And then we have the full two pallets are unloaded here as well? Yes. And you start loading up uh, new crates. Just crates? Lots and lots of boxes. How many? You count them carefully since you can see them all going in. You know, 46 individual crates of varying sizes. All right. So now we just have crates for the return journey. 46. Sized anywhere from a little over a cubic foot to about five feet across. So they're large enough to put a chopped up person inside. (laughs) Some of them? I knew it. I've solved the mystery, guys. We just gotta open each one of the crates until we find some contraband of some sort. Exactly. By the time that you've finished unloading and loading everything up, it's already getting fairly late. Byron comes up to you and says, We'll be staying here for the night, so find yourselves a place to sleep, and we'll set out in the morning. All right, and we just go right back on board. (laughs) You notice several of the crew members are dispersing out into the village. Shaba, don't you want to adventure? Why are we going to sleep on the boat we've been on this whole time? I don't want to be cooped up on there. I'm too seasick to get wasted again. I never said we had to get drunk. These windstorms have been pretty rough. Oh, come on. When is the next time we're going to be in Trivacet? We got to live a little. That's true. We'll go around and walk the streets. Let's walk the streets a bit and uh, do some window shopping. And then we'll, we'll see about coming back. All right. Yeah, so we depart and sort of walk through the streets. See if they're, you know, vendors hawking their wares. And then we'll push them aside and keep walking. <laughs> we'll say thanks, but no thanks. Looks cool, but we're on a budget. Most of the vendors are selling fish or fruits from the island and jewelry made out of shells, that sort of thing. Things that would make for good souvenirs are around here, but... Nothing like magical or new weapons or... They don't have much by the way of weaponry. So they're Switzerland. <laughs> As you're walking along, you also come by a tavern where you think several of your crewmates have probably stopped by. There's only a couple of them in town. Let's stop in real quick and see what they're up to. 
um, pay attention to who they're talking to, if they're just with each other or mingling with other guests. Yeah, we're going to get a lay of the land before we approach any of the crew mates. We're going to go in, scan the room, look around for them, and see what they're doing before we actually go up and talk to them. So you enter the pirate's rest, and everyone give me perception checks. <laughs> and there's 50 pirates asleep on the floor. <laughs> perception, eh? Ooh. That'd be a six. Same here. I hope you rolled well, Tokus. All right, Tokus carrying the team. <laughs> I, I have a plus zero to my perception anyway. That was a natural 18. Okay, well, all three of you still notice Anton Thorne and Gref Omdrover at the bar, talking to each other, laughing and drinking, and Anton seems to be getting drunk again. Okay. Tokus, you also see someone in a cloak with his face hidden, but you catch a glimpse of him. And you're pretty sure that it's Alshaz sitting and talking with someone else in the corner of the tavern. But why under a guise of cloak? Hey guys, check this out. I think it's Alshaz over there. I think you're right. Who's he talking to? I don't know. Uh, Shaba, you're the sneakiest one of the group, right? Why don't you go over there and check things out? I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I crouch down and then just lay out on the floor <laughs> and, begin, and begin crawling stealthily towards him. <laughs> and I make you a stealth the thing check. In the cartoons where they get down on all their fingers and toes. Yeah, and exactly. Like crawl over there. <laughs> I'm just making myself like as flat as I possibly can to the floor, and I'm just like like, like a manta ray like, or yeah, like, I'm a... like swimming along the floor. So you're you're prone. I am. Dang it! I just rolled a two twice in a row on that same Crap. guy. Oh, I should have given you bardic inspiration. Crap. <laughs> yeah, I ro- I just rolled a two again, so. That's a seven. <laughs> Just like swimming and knocking over chairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's fitting for what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you work your way through the crowd, and you see several people kind of look down at you and step over you as you're moving. <laughs> Someone accidentally steps on you. Or at least you think it's an accident. <laughs> and by the time you're halfway across the tavern... You've attracted quite a bit of attention with people just kind of <laughs> shouting at you to pick yourself up off the floor, man. Uh, this is not going according to plan. All right, I just... Uh, sl- well, maybe they just assume you're drunk. Yeah, I slowly stand up and I'm like, just a, just a, a bet. It was a dare that a buddy of mine... Yeah, don't, don't pay any attention <laughs> to me. I stand up with my back turned to Alshaz. And then I just begin, like, shuffling my way through the crowd, like, kind of slowly as people pass by, just sort of... Backwards? Backwards. And then I get down and I try it again. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, hold up, hold up. Shaba, Shaba. Because we're, we're, we're there with you watching this happen. Shaba, it didn't work before. Shouldn't we try something new? Yeah, I actually just go down, like, on my knees or, like, in a crouch to make myself not as tall. And then try to approach that way. So I'm less noticeable, hopefully. You said he's like halfway through the room. Halfway through the room, yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe we're not with you then. Um, No, I think we'd be watching him, though. So I would would probably walk over and be like, Hey, Shaba, you're awesome. And then walk away again to give you bardic inspiration. (laughs) All right. That that should help. That was like the most unspecific bardic (laughs) inspiration. The lamest, (laughs) least inspiring thing. There's no, that has to be like half of a bonus. That can't be, yeah, the least. Okay, I'm going to not use it just yet. 
I rolled okay. a 14, so that's a 19 on my stealth check to get close. Nice. You didn't actually look at them when you were noticed the first time, since you had your back to them. So you don't know if they particularly saw you, but as you slowly work your way closer, you can hear occasional snippets of words that sound like it's probably Alshaz's voice, but you don't pick up anything yet. Are they sitting in a booth or at a table? Uh, There aren't any booths here, so it's just a table in the corner. What I would like to do when I get close is, again, if I'm, you know, sneaky enough, I want to sit at an adjacent table with my back turned to Alshaz. So I'm sitting behind Alshaz with my back turned to him so that the person who's sitting across from him can't tell that I'm actually, like, there to watch them and thinks that I'm just sitting at an adjacent table. Okay. So you take a seat. There's no one else sitting at this table. And start listening to the conversation. They're speaking very quietly, though, so you can't catch much of it. They'll give me a perception check. Oh, wait. Shaba. Yeah. You might need to use the... If I roll low, I'll use the inspiration. Yeah. I can do that, right? I can do it before I know the result. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my total right now is a 13. I am going to use the bardic inspiration. So it's an extra D6. Yep. Yeah, it seems like a really important conversation for us to overhear. Nice. I rolled a five, so that puts it up to an 18. That's pretty solid, I think. Uh, Both of the men that are talking actually share the same unknown accent. Wait, Alsha says a secret accent? He did. Uh, uh, Actually, yeah, you said that uh, the elf had an accent. Um, The elf has an accent. Alsha also speaks with a northern accent from somewhere. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, he was the one in the, the war gear, right? The war... No, that, that was Arved. Oh, okay. Uh, Alshaz is missing one front tooth. Uh, helmsman, early 30s, thick biceps, shaved head, missing one front tooth. Open vest and loose pants with a knife. Yes. <laughs> Did you write down every single thing that I said about everyone? <laughs> we're looking for a guilty party here. We, we may as well have every detail we can. Yeah, we're yeah. playing Clue, basically. I've been transcribing every single word that anyone says <laughs> during this whole podcast. Yeah. You guys haven't? Uh, I'm such a casual new player if I haven't been doing that. <laughs> All right, so they're speaking in the same accent. Go on. Yes. And it sounds as though they're just finishing up some sort of transaction. Alshaz is saying, thanks for your work. I'll be sure to make sure this gets delivered properly. Yes, okay. So I can hear him say this gets delivered, but I don't know what he's, like, referring to. I can't see whether he's gesturing to anything. Yeah, you don't see anything. The other man says, it was a lot of trouble to get it, but I'm sure it'll all be worth it. Make sure you keep a close watch on it. After that little bit of an exchange, they revert to more casual tones and just kind of talk to each other. Typical catching up conversations. For a little while, they talk about, you know, the latest trip on the Singing Selkie, and they mention another ship, the Fallen Mermaid. They mention it in what context? Um, it sounds like it's probably what the other man sails on. At this point, I will... Hmm. Not sure what to do here. I will wave over to Topis and Aslo, wave them over to the table at which I'm sitting. The Damage Guild Podcast. A rat-infested cellar for your first level life. Welcome back, everybody. My name's Jay Stout. Thanks for listening to the DGP. I'm going to keep it real short this week. We've been talking about our live stream for the last month or so. It's time. 
The time is now. We are going live Saturday, July 14th, starting around between noon and 1 p.m. We're going live on Twitch. Check our website for the link. It's just thedamageguild.com, and then there's a link to Twitch uh, in the top menu bar. Come hang out with us. We're starting this brand new campaign. It's going to be crazy. Uh, we're calling it Champions of the Multiverse. Our party is all kinds of weird and, and fun. We've got PCs of every non-standard race you can think of. We've got a goblin, a bugbear, an Osimar, a Githzerai. So it's going to be the four of us, uh, Thane, Brian, Sean, and myself, with three of our buddies who we've been gaming with for years. And uh, we always have a great time. We get together about once a month. So join us on Saturday. Hope you guys can make it out. If not, we will be uploading the video to our YouTube channel after the fact. Um, so you can watch it there if you can't catch us live. Otherwise, hope you can come hang out with us for a little bit. We'll be going till pretty late that night, usually until about 10 at night, 10 or 11. So it's going to be a nice long stream. We'll have plenty of action going on. I should probably clarify, we're in the Eastern Time Zone, U.S., and we will see you guys there. And also, I'm going to be starting out DMing. And then I think uh, Brian or Thane's going to go next. And then we're going to go around. So that's all I've got for this week. Uh, aside from the usual stuff, uh, on our website, you can find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, um, our YouTube channel, our Twitch, of course. So have a great uh, week. And we'll see you next Monday or Saturday if you join us then. You are listening to the Damage Guild Podcast. Okay. I would like to make a stealth check so I'm not noticed as I make it over to the <laughs> to the table. I notice Tokus stealthing, so I will also try to stealth. <laughs> yes. A 15. 17. Are you sure you're the most stealthy, Shaba? <laughs> <laughs> so the two of you make your way over to the table casually and sit down. Doesn't look like anyone's paying particular attention to you. Was it casually or was it like the World of Warcraft, like rogue pose? We crouch and we like... I think the way to be stealthy in a crowded place is to just move through it normally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we do like the weird pivot, like we're like halfway crouched. Cartwheels. And like my dagger is drawn <laughs> and I'm like moving with purpose. Everyone around you screams, ah, and runs away, he's got a knife! <laughs> <laughs> so when they get to the table, I lean forward. So I'm like real close to them and I'm like, guys, Shaba, your breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Eat an Altoid or something. Okay, what did you want to tell us? What's an Altoid? I can't afford Altoids, Aslo. You know that. <laughs> what are these Altoids you speak of? But the aluminum tins are so convenient. You can reuse them for lots of things. Yeah, I wish I had one right now. I would stuff you in it. We are going to pretend like we are just noticing Alshaz now, okay? Okay. Just pretend like we don't know he's there. Let's just talk normally. Why are we whispering? Why are you whispering? Yeah, we should stop whispering. This is really suspicious. Oh, yeah. Uh, hmm. Ships and... And sailing and stuff. The seas, yes. Yes, I've really been getting my sea legs as of late. Peg legs and sea legs and... Crab legs. <laughs> Shiver my timbers. Uh, so what do you guys think of the uh, the grog at this place? Should we get a pint? Uh, I would. I will gladly watch you guys 
partake if you'd like? I will partake in some food. I think that's about it for me. I could go for food, but I'm broke. So that's not going to happen. So instead, I will start. I, I lean in and whisper to Shaba again. Do you lean in as well? <laughs> yes. I say, what are we doing? Is there... Are we supposed to be doing something right now <laughs> other than just acting normal? I think we're acting normally, but I don't understand the point. I hold up a finger and I say, watch this. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to push my chair out and stand up and turn around with my arms swinging out. And I'm going to attempt to slap Alshaz so as to knock off his hood. <laughs> like I accidentally <laughs> turned around and hit him uh, by mistake. Okay, make a light of hand and deception check. Mm, okay. <laughs> Combo check. Well, both of them. I'm trying to do two different things here. Alright, 15 on my deception check, and a 9 on my sleight of hand. Okay, so you turn around, and your hand just casually brushes the hood of the cloak. Not enough to pull it off, so you have to actually grab it and pull slightly. <laughs> so it's a little more obvious than you would have liked. Sorry, sir. Oh, Alshaz, hey! Sorry about that. I didn't know you were sitting so close. Uh, hi, how you doing? I'm just fine, thanks. I heard you talking. Something about peg legs. You're still getting used to the ship, I suppose? I wouldn't say I'm getting <laughs> used to it, Alshaz. Uh, I am less used to it now than I was at the beginning of the voyage, but that's okay, because we're, we're headed home, right? Headed home tomorrow. Right. The other man at th- across from Alshaz looks at you for a few seconds and then looks down and hides his face behind a mug. Oh, how rude of me. Let me introduce myself. I'm Shaba, born of Crag and Thunder, son of Pachaka Last of the Davide clan, exile of the tribe of Arakashan, and these are my friends, Tokus, Alton, and Aslo Tendertoe. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, what, what's your name again? I mean, not again, but like for the first time. What's your name? My name is Sheol. Uh, nice to meet you, Sheol. I extend a hand to shake with him. He just raises his mug slightly and nods. Uh, how do you two know each other, Alshaz? We used to serve on the same ships. Oh. It's just an old friend I sometimes find in the port here. That's pretty cool. That's a serendipitous, shall we say, that you found him here. Totally innocent, one might add. Yeah, that's quite a lucky coincidence to have found a friend here that you know well uh, at, at exactly the same time, in exactly the same port, in exactly the same tavern. That's pretty cool. It's almost like the way we found each other, except, well, I mean, we were on the same ship. So, I'm, Hey, man, I'm spitballing here. Feel free to jump in anytime you want. <laughs> no, I mean, that's me, like, elbowing you, like... All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up now and let you guys go back to your... I know it's probably been a long time. You need to. You got a lot of catching up to do. Understood. Just wanted to say hi. Sorry, I, sorry, I smacked you, Alshaz. Do I notice anything weird about his face or head, or was he just wearing the hood to conceal his identity, or is there anything strange about his neck or head or anything? His face. You don't see anything different about his head. Okay. All right. So it was just a concealment effort, I assume. As you were rambling on, though, he started to look a little bit kind of concerned. But when you just say that you're going to leave, he's like, Yes, well, nice running into you. I'll see you tomorrow. Likewise, we'll see you bright and early. Take care of yourself. (laughs) You too, Sheol. Nice having met you. 
he just nods again and doesn't say anything. And then I just shuffle away, for, like still facing them for about five feet, and then turn around and I'm like, all right, guys, let's go. <laughs> all right, I guess, I guess we head out. As you're walking back, Greth turns around and says, Friends! Are you here to join me for another drink? Ha <laughs> ha, Gref! Hey, my my buddy, if it's on you, then yeah, we're 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 all about it. But Shava, I thought you said you weren't going to drink tonight. <laughs> He's paying. Oh, oh, why don't oh. Why don't we join in? Hey, yeah, what, uh, Gref, why don't you get uh, this round and we'll get the next one? Um. <laughs> I mean, you just invited us to join you for a drink, so I mean, I figure that means you're paying. I usually pay when I invite someone out to eat or drink. Yeah, it's the kind, courteous thing to do. Yeah. Oh, why not? Come on, pull up a seat. Hey! hey, Okay. (laughs) All right. And he calls to the bartender to get these men all their drinks. (laughs) I shout, round on the house on this guy! (laughs) 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 All right, so when he brings our drinks, I take a few tentative sips, but then I just take turns casually pouring the contents of my mug into Tokus and Aslo's in turn just to sort of <laughs> <laughs> empty it out do you do you pour some into stripey's mug yeah oh yeah stripey or can bowl? have some he's I mean, not really a he's not really a big fan of ale he's more oh. he's more of like a like a hard liquor kind of badger <laughs> I, I pegged him for like a fine wine yeah well you know he, he's he's got a little bit of class but when it comes to alcohol he you know the quicker the better for him yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just because you know it's one it's one round and i'm not too interested in drinking a lot because i've been seasick and i know it'll probably do a lot more for tokus and as okay so all right you all enjoy your drinks and small talk with Gref. yeah any interesting conversation from anton what does he have to say for himself anton already seems like he's pretty drunk he doesn't really have much to say at this point, besides rambling on about some woman that he left back home he seems to miss, and he's always trying to find his way back to her or something. You can't really catch it through all of the blubbering. Oh, so he's, like, breaking down. He's, like, having, like, a drunk cry fest. Not quite crying, but he's, he's getting pretty he's wallowing close. wallowing in Sorrowful. his sorrow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I slap a hand on his shoulder and I say, "Hey, man, we're here for you." I, I, I've, I've been there, even though I haven't. I just say I have to make him feel better. <laughs> says, oh, th- thank you. I know I can count on you. Always, always, buddy. <laughs> you know, this is this is gonna sound strange. I know we've only known each other for a couple of days, but man, I feel like we've known each other our whole lives. I, I don't quite get that, but. Yeah, it's nice to know you. I feel like we could tell each other anything, or at least I feel like you could tell us anything if you wanted to. <laughs> Why don't we play a game where we tell each other our deepest, darkest secrets? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, I know a game like that. Yeah, yeah, here, I'll start. Our friend uh, Tokus here is actually bald. <laughs> it's true, and I take off my wig. <laughs> deepest, darkest secret, only these two whoa, know, whoa. but now you do too. All right, your turn. What do you got? <laughs> I, I, leave, I leave the wig off. Uh, put that back on, please. You're, you're really disturbing people. Oh, sorry. Anton <laughs> says, well, you see, I suppose sometimes I, I used to, you know, go off and sneak a few extra potatoes. <gasps> but 
No. Oh, wow. Wow, we're getting deep here. <laughs> Anton, I thought I knew you. But not on this ship. That was in my younger days. Oh, okay. Man, it's disgraceful. Whew. Yeah, why don't we why don't we change up the game a little bit? Let's go with with some uh, never have I ever. Okay. So I'm going to say something that I've never done, and if you've also never done it, then you can raise your hand. Okay? Or take a drink. Isn't that the whole idea? Yeah, yeah, you take a drink. Right. Um, Okay, so never have I ever uh, stolen anything from a ship worth more than than like 10 gold pieces. (laughs) And I raise my hand and... Oh, yeah, I've never done that. All right, so you take a drink. Me too. Anton takes a drink. And Greth just kind of looks at you like, "What are you doing, <laughs> Greth?" Wait, Greth, you're 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 playing, right? Yeah, I... you should play with us. This game's fun. <laughs> this doesn't have any meaning outside of this bar. It's just a drinking game. Uh... It's not like we're going to accuse anyone of doing anything nefarious. Yeah. It's just a game. Yeah, just for fun. Yeah, I mean, with those long miles at sea, those long leagues, you gotta you know you gotta pass the time somehow, right? Uh, well, that sort of statement that you just came out with seems a little bit beyond casual fun. Why, why do you say that? It's just, I mean, talking about potential crimes. Oh, I mean, you know, the next question was going to be like, never have I ever peed in the shower. It's not, you know, it's yeah. nothing crazy. You know, it's, it's just random stuff. Totally random. I whispered to Aslo, Aslo, what's a shower? <laughs> <laughs> You'll learn about it when you're older. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's... I mean, okay, sorry I gave you the wrong impression. Let's go with another one. Never have I ever uh, seen... Murdered anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Never have I ever seen a sea monster. Oh. I take a drink. And I drink. Yeah, so do I. Anton and Greth both leave their mugs on the table. All right, see, this is what, I, what I'm getting at. This is a get-to-know-you game. Okay, so now you got to hit us with those stories, man. Greth says, well, Anton's probably not in any condition to be talking about this, but two or three months ago, in one of our voyages, we ran across some sort of sea serpent. It tried to wind its way up the side of the ship and wrap around us, but we managed to drive it off. This was aboard the Selkie? Yes. It didn't manage to do too much damage before we drove it away, though, so it's easy enough for me to repair. Wow. That's some crazy stuff. All right, Tokus, your turn. Hmm... Never have I ever. This is an interesting game. <laughs> all right, all right. Never have I ever been to the brothel. There we go. <laughs> all right, I take a drink. Aslo <laughs> thinks about it for a second and he's like, mm, "I don't know if that qualifies." And then he takes a drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I also take a drink. The other two also drink. Oh. Greth says, "Human women don't interest me." <laughs> <laughs> me neither, brother. I know where you're at. All right. Um, how about this? Never have I ever uh, had my ship boarded by pirates. Ooh. And I drink. As do I. Same. Anton takes a drink and then immediately collapses onto the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking games, yay! <laughs> Greth says, I don't know, pirates. It's been a long time, but I did run into them and have them board our ship once. Made off with some of our goods and left us alive. It's probably 30 or 40 years ago now. Wow. Well, uh, anybody else have any any ones they want to try out? No, I'm never have I ever doubt. Matter of fact, we got it. We got a jet. 
right now? Yeah, we're, we're done drinking, so... It's getting late, but look... Thanks for the booze. Look, Griff, you know what? When we get back to Nanept, we got the next round, like I said. All right, we'll go out, we'll have some drinks, we'll have some laughs. Have a good night. And you, do you need a hand with Anton? You, you want us to carry him back, or you got it? I'll take care of him. I'm used to this. Cool, man. <laughs> Sorry. Look, it's been it's been great, John, with you. See you back on the ship, then. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you on the back on the ship. See you in the morning. Okay. All right, we leave. We go straight back to the ship, and you guys can tell I'm like sort of making a beeline, and I'm like, guys, I'll explain everything. Let's get back to the ship immediately. Ah. All right. So we okay. we board the ship. Hmm. Uh, we go down into the cruise cabin. Who's around? Uh, when you get on the ship, Colby Clive, the bosun, is still there. Okay, what's he doing? He's standing out on deck watching the ship, and he welcomes you back when you come on board, but doesn't really seem to be doing much of anything, just standing watch. All right, we give him a friendly wave as we go down to our bunks. Okay. All right, we get down to the crew cabin. It's empty, aside from you. Okay, Phew. that's what I was hoping for. All right, guys, let's huddle up. Okay, um, which, which bag is uh, Alshaz's? What are you getting at, Jabba? Okay, when I went to sit by Alshaz, he was talking about something with that guy that was not just regular catching up with an old friend. They were making a deal of some hmm. sort. Let's find Alshaz's bag. Uh, someone keep lookout. We'll just we'll go through it real quick, see if there's anything in there, and then quick back to our to our bunks. All right. Um, one of us should keep lookout. Uh, I'll keep watch. So you move up to the top of the stairs and poke your head out the door. Yeah, I'll keep watch, and my mechanical parrot will help me. Okay. All right, I, op- I open the, the flap, and I'm like, all right, Stripey, it's all you. Go, buddy. And I let him into the bag. <laughs> yeah, he's like rappelling down from the ceiling into the bag. <laughs> into the bag. <laughs> you know which bag is his, just from where he sleeps, and you've seen him enough. So you let him let Stripey in, and he crawls around for a minute and comes back out. With something between his teeth? All right, I, I'm pulling out of there and, and look around myself. <laughs> He's like, what? What did you want? There's no food in here. Yeah, it goes back yeah. apple core in his mouth. Okay, you look around, you find a few changes of clothes, a pouch of a few coins in it, not too much, an extra knife, a whetstone. You don't find anything particularly interesting in there, just kind of typical traveling gear. Okay. Maybe he still has it on his person, and they just did the exchange at the tavern. Yeah, well, he had something. When you guys were watching him from across the room, did you notice him gesturing to anything, looking at anything, like looking down at himself or in his cloak or anything like that? Want to give me perception checks? Retconned perception check? Yeah. Fifteen. You did not see anything in particular. You didn't see him like gesture towards anything. But he did have his back to you, and he was mostly obscured by Shaba's large body being in the way. Yeah. Okay. Tokus? I'm at the top of the stairs. Oh, that's right. You're not there. I'm keeping lookout. Did you guys find anything? Because I don't understand the delicacy of the situation. It's like I like shout down to you guys from the top of the stairs. Like, I'm bored. Did you find anything in that guy's bag that we're like totally not supposed to be looking through, but we're looking through right now? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we put Alshaz's ba- bag back exactly as we found it. And then I call Tokus down. I'm like, all right, Tokus, come on, come on down. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't realize we were trying to be secretive. Yeah, when we when we sent you to keep watch, that meant, like, we didn't want anybody else around. I, th- I figured that, like, you read between the lines there, that kind of a situation, but that's, that's what mm-hmm. that meant. 
is we didn't want people coming down. Oh, okay. So you hear footsteps on deck as Colby comes over and then peeks down through the grate. What up, Colb? Quick, act natural. <laughs> what are you looking at down there? Uh, our beds. We're trying to go to sleep. But I just heard that you were saying that you're looking somewhere you're not supposed to be. No, he didn't actually say that. That was your imagination. <laughs> yeah, the only thing we're looking at that we're not supposed to be looking at is the things that we're not looking at. Is the backs of our eyelids, bruv. We're trying to <laughs> sleep here. I curl up on the ground. Good night. Make deception checks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tokus. <laughs> oh, me, me too? You're not saying anything at the moment. Well, that's a seven. That's nine. Colby raises his eyebrows at you and says, Up on deck. But where are we supposed to sleep? You can sleep out here. But it's cold out there. <laughs> I don't have a bunk as it is. I'm just sleeping on the floor, so same diff to me. All right, fine. We go up. Yep. So as you climb out, he turns to Tokus and says, So what is it that they were looking at? He doesn't know. He wasn't down there. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I, I, I was over here. I was over the top of the stairs. I don't know. I was hanging out with my parrot here, see? <laughs> And my, my mechanical parrot makes a mechanical squawk. Just so you know, I'll have to report this to the captain. No, I don't I don't think that'll be necessary. Report what? Yeah, we weren't really doing anything. Aslo, use your charm feet. <laughs> I say, listen, uh, there's nothing to report because you didn't see anything and we didn't see anything. Uh, we only saw what we saw, and what we saw was not really uh, anything interesting. Tokus certainly didn't see anything. He was almost above decks. All right, look, Aslo, we might as well come clean with it. I mean, Stripey was digging around in other people's bags, so we had to fish him out. Oh, that's true. sorry about that. You know, he's always looking for food. I mean, I, I buy that. I bet you one of them had some snacks or something hidden in one of their bags, so Stripey was in someone's bag, and we just... Yeah, we didn't want him to get thrown overboard, and I mean, we, we really love that little... <laughs> I, I jokingly say, we really love that little thing. Yeah, you wouldn't want a poor little badger to get thrown overboard now, would you? <laughs> Didn't they tell you that that's exactly what we do to rodents? Or who was it that said that? <laughs> the captain, probably. or It might have been someone. Colby. It was Colby or Anton. Yeah, we don't take kindly to rodents stowingly on board, but we've made a special exception for you, so see that he doesn't get into anything else. I will. I will do that. You're still sleeping out here. Cool. <laughs> Very well. So he goes back to watch and keeps an eye on you in addition to the docks. Okay. We go to a, another part of the ship... Somewhere that we're sort of out of earshot, and then I bring up in conversation, I'm like, so, Tokus, did you notice Alshaz in the tavern? Did you notice him gesture toward or look down at anything around his person in his cloak, anything like that, while I was sitting there? Uh, I, I don't think I noticed anything of note. Just knew that it was the, under the hood that it was Alshaz. I just made your perception check for you. So you didn't see anything particular either. So Shabi, you said that they were talking about, um, you said, thanks for getting this to me. I'll make sure this gets delivered properly. Yes. I think it's really convenient that they were using pronouns. Thanks for getting me the secret magical artifact. Yeah. What if we knew what it was? If only they had said this bloodstained dagger. Or this crate full of drugs. Yeah, crap. Well, you know, there's always the chance that this is the proper time to report this to the authorities. 
and we just go to Colby and say, hey, we have reason to believe that Alshaz is up to no good. Uh, when he gets back to the ship, you might want to have a couple of guys come around and search him. Ooh, but they're going to trust him before they trust us. And while their uh, conversation seems suspicious... We also don't have any reason to believe that it really is anything under the... Yeah, what if he just got him a birthday present? Yeah, yeah. What if he's, like, going to visit his uh, estranged family or something? Yeah, okay. That's true. Uh, I'm like, hey, guys, let's sleep around the grate. Okay. So I go over by the grate and uh, lay beside it and look down into the crew's cabin. And when Alshaz gets back, I'm just going to be watching him. I will uh, light the ever-burning candle to help us see. So you're trying to sleep with the candle going on top of the deck? Yeah, it's a nightlight. <laughs> yeah, Sherby can't sleep without a nightlight, right, Trevor? <laughs> That's right, he needs one. So as we're laying there, I'll also say, so did you did you guys notice how Greth didn't take a drink when we were playing Never Have I Ever? Uh, for the first one, he didn't. Yeah, he, I mean, I couldn't tell if he was just trying to play it off as, uh, you know, not wanting to play the game, but it certainly seems like he was just admitting to stealing from the ship. I think he just didn't understand the game at first, but maybe you're right. It's possible, but I think we should add him to our list of suspects. Okay. Let's keep that a a mental list so that no one finds like a piece of paper with a bunch of names of the crew members on it. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. I was thinking actually writing suspects and then, and then writing the names. <laughs> yeah, and just having a full full roster. Yeah. Yep. A little black book. Yeah, that's a great idea, Aslo, but let's save that one for later. Okay. Sounds good. I want to stay awake and watch. Let's take it in shifts mm-hmm. uh, so that as soon as Alshaz comes back to the ship, we have eyes on him. This is very important, Tokus. This isn't like, yeah, I'll keep watch, but I'm actually working on my Tinker Toy right now. Like, this is actually like... Well, I have nothing to work on. I've already spent my scrap making a mechanical pair. Okay, so it's made and it's not it's not being maintained anymore? No, it won't distract me. I won't, like, try to upgrade it or add, like, you know, thrusters <laughs> so it can fly. Yeah. Or... I'm sure you would, you would not ever sit around all night and think of 10 million ideas for possible upgrades. No, no. No, like adding, like, knives to the end of the wings. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just reiterating that. When you're on watch, make sure if Alshaz comes aboard, wake us up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I legitimately keep watch. Okay. So I have character watch order as Aslo, then Tokus, then Shaba. Sounds right. So Colby goes to sleep in the middle of Tokus's watch. You see him head down below decks, and he climbs into a hammock. Just about the same time Kenver comes back. And he keeps watch on the deck. So he kind of greets you and says, What are you doing on the deck here? Shaba's pet badger got into one of the crewmates' uh, bags and was, like, I guess, fishing around for food, and we got in trouble for it. They might even throw the animal overboard. Not that I care. <laughs> but don't tell Shaba that. Shaba doesn't know that his animal got into someone's bag? No, no, no. Shaba doesn't know that I don't care if they throw it overboard. I'm pretty sure I know that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've made it clear. <laughs> All right, well, just uh, stay tight there, and I'll keep watch on the ship. Don't worry about anything. Okay. <laughs> Might want to catch some sleep before we set off in the morning. I mimic his accent. Say, All right, then. We'll be, uh, we'll be right here. <laughs> Cheerio. I don't even know what accent I'm doing in real life. <laughs> Not anything real. That yawn was legit. Like, at this point, like, my character's tired. It sucks being in the middle watch because, like, you just have gotten to sleep a little right. bit. And then... You gotta wake up again. Yeah. So that yawn was <laughs> was in character. All right. So 
Um, next few hours pass, then you wake up Shaba and he starts watching. It is early morning when you see Alshaz come back. You note that he is the first other crew member to come back. And when he comes up on deck, he greets uh, Kenver and then looks over at the three of you and <laughs> nods to Shaba. Wave back at him. He walks over towards the trapdoor down into the crew's cabins. So he goes below deck. I kind of nudge Tokus and Aslo, and then I'll lie down right alongside the grate as if I'm going to sleep or trying to sleep, and just casually look down. Hopefully it should be still dark enough that I can keep my face veiled from the light. So are you, like, looking by moonlight? Like, well, how are you seeing down into the... There's still the candle there. It's early morning, so there's a little bit of light now. Oh, okay. Oh, it's morning now. That's right, gotcha. He goes over to his hammock and lies down in it for a little while. How about you give me a stealth check to see if you can keep from being noticed while you're watching? Okay. Alright, that's pretty good. It's a 19. So after about 20 minutes, he looks around, including looking up at the grate and seeing what looks like you sleeping. I close my eyes. <laughs> and then he... I add a little snore for effect. Me, 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 me. So he reaches into a pouch and pulls something out. It's completely covered by his hand, but then he stuffs it into his bag. Okay, so small enough to fit within his closed fist. Yeah. Okay, and he puts it into his, like, knapsack, like the one that Stripey was in before? Yeah. All right, and his knapsack is, like, back, like, under his hammock at this point? Yeah, close. It's against the wall by the hammock. Okay. Does he look... Like, when he's doing this, is he looking around? Like, can I... What's what's the equivalent of sense motive? Like, is he doing this surreptitiously? Is he trying to be furtive about it? Well, you did notice that he particularly looked at Colby and then also checked the grate right before reaching over and putting it in there. So he was definitely looking around to make sure people were asleep before he moved this this object. About a minute later, he gets out of the hammock and you see him head over towards the opposite side out of view for a minute towards where the trapdoor is and where the kitchen is. Uh, are Tokus and Aslo awake by this point? Uh, if you woke them up, yeah. Yeah. I say, Shaba, what is it? Alshaz is back, that's all I say. And then I lean over to Tokus when he's awake, and I say, <sighs> Alshaz is back. Hmm? What? <laughs> Never mind, Tokus. Just don't fall back asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I literally didn't hear what you said on this call. <laughs> uh, Alshaz is back. I whisper that to you. Ah. He's below. Oh, okay, Shabba. Okay. <laughs> I immediately go back to sleep. <laughs> you hear a slight creak coming from down below, but it's hard to see everything down there from where you are. And you can hear footsteps moving around, too. All right. Just keep an eye out. You see he comes back into view and goes back to his hammock. Is Kenver still on watch? Yes. Okay. I stand up. I walk over to Kenver, and I say, Kenver, when we loaded in the cargo hold earlier today, or yesterday, I should say, would you say that you got a fairly good idea of how much cargo we loaded into the ship? Uh, I think so. Okay. Since we're not allowed to go below... I was just wondering if you would go down real quick and check and make sure it's all there. You've heard the rumors of all the stuff that's been happening with the ships not coming back with full cargo loads and all that stuff. I know we're about to leave here in a couple hours, and I would go down and check myself 
if I could. But I kind of just, I mean, call me crazy. I just got this bad feeling about this whole thing. I, w- I just wanted to make sure that we have everything before the captain has us set sail. I'm supposed to be up here on deck, keeping watch, making sure no one comes on the ship. Will you tell on me if I go down and check? I swear I'm only, I'm not going to do anything weird or bad. I'm just going to go down and look. I'm going to go into the cargo hold and look at what's in there and then come right back up. Make a persuasion check. Okay. It's a seven. You know, I'm, I don't really have the kind of authority to let you down there. Yeah, that's why I was asking if you'd tell on me, because I figured you couldn't give me permission. He just seems really torn with the idea right now. You know, the captain doesn't like it when people go down there without without permission. Yeah, I'll only be down for a second. I mean, honestly, I just need to look. I'm not going to touch anything. He looks out at the dock, and you see uh, the captain coming up, walking down the docks. Uh, uh, here, here, let's just let's wait until the captain comes back, and uh, we'll see what he says. All right, I'll talk with him about it. He settles down as if now he's not so nervous about it anymore. So when the captain comes aboard, I greet him. Good to see you're all back. Well, not not everybody's back yet, but we are at least. Listen, there's a, a matter I was hoping I might discuss with you. Oh, and what is that? Who on the ship is responsible for taking inventory of the cargo? Uh, and that's question A. Question B is, is that person planning to do that before we set sail here? Anton is the quartermaster. So he typically keeps track of all of our supplies and such. And we've already double-checked all the cargo. We've kept watch all night, so assuming nothing happened, there's no need to spend the extra time to go through and check it all again. If I may, I would like to put in a special request that we give the cargo hold one last checkup before we leave. Given all of the ships that have been coming in short lately... All right. I don't know when Anton's going to come back. Um, we actually saw him earlier in the evening. He was with Greth at the Pirate's Rest. We had a, a couple of ales together. And if he's there, then he's probably not going to be in any condition to check the hold. Right. All right. I suppose I'll go down there myself and check it out. That would be great. Thank you. It would just make me feel a lot better. He climbs down and I guess goes out of sight if you're not following him. Yeah, I'm not following him. I will stand right at the top of the stair, though. Okay. You can probably still see him, actually, if you're just at the top. So he peeks his head into the hold, looks around, seems to be counting the boxes, comes back up a minute later, says, hold seems full. I don't see anything missing. All right. Did the crates all seem full? Like, they still had all their stuff in them? I'm not going to go down there and open up every single crate. No, I wouldn't think you'd have to open it. I would just think, you know, giving him a little test lift. How's this? If you're so curious, you go take a look down there yourself. I have other things to tend to. Okay, understood. Fair enough. And I motion for Aslan and Tokus to come over. I'm still asleep. I go over and kick you on the soles of your shoes. And I'm like, Tokus, I told you not to fall back asleep. Come on, we got work to do. Huh? Uh, 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 okay. Alright, so we go down there. Go into the cargo hold. We've got the captain's permission. Everybody go to every crate you can see. Look around for any strange objects, even small ones that might be on the floor, on the ceiling, anywhere around. And then we'll go to each crate and just give it a quick lift to see if it feels full or empty. Okay, we'll do that. Everyone give me... Let's go with investigation this time. A seven. Seventeen. Thirteen. Okay. So you start checking the boxes, lifting them, knocking on them, checking, see if they sound 
full or not. Everything seems to be in its place. However, Shaba, you find tucked between two of the crates way at the back, shoved all the way in against the wall, there is a thin box that seems smaller than any of the crates that you remember bringing down. It's just kind of wedged in there close to the side of the ship. Okay, I slowly unwedge it and pull it out. Does it explode? You pull it out. It's about length and width, or a little bit less than the foot, and the height's just a few inches. So you pull it out. It feels pretty light inside. Does it rattle if I give it a little shake? Now it explodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It doesn't rattle. You hear some rustling, and something's rubbing around on the inside, but not making any harsh rattling sound. Okay, I'm like, hey guys, come here, look at this. Check this out. We go into the back of the hold, and I crouch down and bring Tokus and Aslo over. I'm like, look at this box. That doesn't look familiar. No, it doesn't. I don't remember loading this onto the ship. Hmm. Uh, This is the type of thing that could easily fit into someone's cloak. Yeah, uh, tell you what, why don't I go keep watch? You guys just, you know, just take a little quick peek inside. Nothing, (laughs) you know, nothing too bad. Just just a totally innocent, uh, you know, the lid fell off. Right? Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> or Stripe, you try to climb into it. This one, maybe he thought there was like <laughs> chocolate or fruit. Uh, I'll go keep watch, and I scamper over to the door. How does it open? Is it a wooden box? Is it cardboard? Time for that crowbar we've been saving. Yeah, the crowbar. <laughs> ah, that's all oh, right. Dude, where did where did I put that? I I feel around on my. Didn't you like, trade it for oh, your sword? No, um, for a drink. Oh uh, yeah, crowbar. you traded for a drink. <laughs> I know it's around here. Oh, you know what? I probably left it in the uh, shoot. Yeah, I probably left it in the crew's cabin. We can't go in there. I'll have to get it later. Uh, anything else we can use? <laughs> All right, I, I crack my gnomish knuckles. <laughs> here you go, Tokus. All right. <laughs> if anyone can can take something apart, it's you. So the box itself seems to be made of iron or steel. Whoa! How's it bolted together? Uh, it has a latch on the front with a small keyhole, and it has hinges on the back. Oh, is this thing, like, welded together? Like, seamed? Um, well, I guess the corners are welded in some parts. It just seems like a solid metal box with only a very thin crack around the, where it would open. Okay. Huh. So I get my tools out, and I'm thinking... So this is, like, a 12-inch hmm. by 12-inch thing with that's like you said like a couple of inches thick it's about three inches so you're basically telling me it's the D equivalent of fort knox <laughs> and aslo doesn't have a knox spell no he doesn't 